Good evening, everybody. Welcome back to episode four of Life, Leadership, and the Pursuit of Greatness. I'm Tim Lovell. I'm hosted here with Dwayne Mathis. We are excited to come back at you uh, today. Attempt number two on episode of about uncommon commitment. We had technical difficulties. Apologize to anyone who tried to listen yesterday. Uh, we're going to take another stab at this today, and we're going to break it down even further. We're going to break it down into three episodes um, about what it means to be uncommon as a athlete or, or an employee. Uh, episode two of this is going to deal with being an uncommon parent or support. And then episode three is going to be, what does it mean to be an uncommon coach, boss, manager uh, in today's world? Uh, but first, we got to give a few shout outs. We got to give a shout out to our wives, Sarah and Kathy. Thanks for letting us do this. Uh, we are so appreciative of the time that uh, you guys allow us to collaborate and, and bring you this podcast. We need to thank Anchor uh, for pushing this out to so many different platforms, giving us an opportunity to have a voice. Uh, when there are a lot of different opportunities, you, the listener, can make choices. And if you choose to spend time with us to talk about this leadership journey, well, we are just really grateful for that as well. We can't thank you enough for taking time uh, to listen to what we have to say. And as always, we value your feedback uh, subscribe to the Apple podcast or the Google podcast, give us a rating and give us a review. And if there's something that you would like to talk about or you'd like to hear discussed, we would certainly love to hear from you, the listener. So coach Mathis, how are you tonight? Doing well. Thank you. Uh, you know, all hunkered down here. Uh, I feel that, uh, you know, those doomsday preppers were probably, uh, you know, looking at the the rest of the people going out and, and uh you know rummaging through the shelves of all the different stores and saying look who's laughing now guys so Jeez. it's uh, it's pretty crazy out there but uh you know we'll we'll get through it one day at a time and uh you know obviously uh, doing things like this helps keep keep my sanity at least yeah if nothing else um it's taking the mind my mind off uh, all the things that could probably cause anxiety if you sat down and and thought about it uh but tonight the main topic of discussion for us is going to be what does it mean to be uncommon uh, and what uncommon commitment looks like. And there are three things that we really want to address with everyone tonight. And, and when you're uncommon, it helps you do one of three things. It helps you get the things that you want in your life. Um, I can't define that for you, nor can Coach Mathis. Do you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. And the number two, uh, being uncommon will help you – Set yourself up to win more at whatever it is you are doing. Um, it doesn't necessarily translate to uh, just sports. It's the business world. It's uh, your self-employment. It is winning at home as a better spouse. Um, so being uncommon, taking care of things um, in an uncommon fashion are going to help you win more. And then lastly, uh, being uncommon is going to help you experience your best life possible. And it sounds counterintuitive when you say being uncommon gives you the best experience, uh, because sometimes being uncommon means being very uncomfortable. Agreed? Yeah. I mean, one of the things that uh, we've always talked about within our program, in fact, I mean, the first year that, uh, uh, you know, as a head coach, 
on the back of our shirt said, you know, um, get comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, mm-hmm. we get used to being challenged because that's the only way you're going to grow. So that was something that uh, we really kind of established and and hit home in the fact of you are going to be pushed outside your comfort zone, and that is okay. It absolutely is okay. And so the first subset of people we wanted to address tonight would be kids in our care as as coaches, the athletes we coach, or managers who deal with employees, um, uh, day-to-day living. Uh, to be uncommon, there's some different things that I think have to take place. Number one, you've got to identify the want versus the work. So what is it that I really want as an athlete? or as an employee versus what am I willing to work for? So being, to, uh, being able to identify what is work versus what is wanted uh, really gets back to what you were talking about there, coaches, how you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. I think that is one of the things, you know, in the sense when you're talking want versus work, when what we always, every year at the end of the season, would do evaluations and goal setting with our, with our players. Okay. And so the reason I did that is not really necessarily so I could, you know, gauge what they want to achieve is more so to say like, okay, this is what you're doing. What are you going to do? And this is what your goals are. So how are you going to achieve it? If, if your work doesn't match what your want is, there's a disconnect here. And so that was one of the main things that I always wanted to do to achieve it. It was so, you know, you could at least track it and, and monitor it. So you could, yeah, and, and not really to throw back into the player's faces or anything like that, but just to say like, look, you say you want to be an all district football player or, you know, all conference track athlete. Well, we haven't seen you in the weight room. We haven't seen you at speed and speed and, and skills. We haven't seen you, you know, putting in the time. So how do you still think that you're going to achieve those goals? Well, because one thing I think happens is, is we get disillusioned by our want uh, because we think that sometimes if we jimmy our way around the work, uh, our want will take care of that. Uh, and that's, making the truth more difficult than it really needs to be because at the end of the day to get things you've never had you have to do things you've never done and if you're one of those athletes that you're just discussing or somebody that's in the workforce who's a salesperson uh, you might have things in your mind that are keeping you from starting or stopping things because you're afraid of the consequences you might be afraid to start uh, showing up regularly in the weight room, or you might be afraid to start regularly making 12 phone calls a day uh, for your business uh, because you're afraid of what might happen. Uh, or you might be afraid to stop taking that afternoon nap or going to bed a little bit earlier because that means then you have to get up earlier to work differently than you have done. Am I on track there? I think you are. One of the things that, uh, you know, when, you, when you're going through that and it just automatically pops into my head is, why are we scared to fail? Yeah. I mean, because that to me is what it ultimately comes down to, because 
if you're unwilling to put in that work, maybe it's because you you aren't as and I, I'm going right away to like the weight room, for instance. I'm not going to be as strong as, you know, my peers. So I don't want to look foolish in there. I don't want to, I don't want to look like I'm struggling or I'm not as fast as my peers. Or maybe, you know, if you're in the, you know, the workforce, it's something where, you know, you may feel that uh, you don't have as strong a skill set, you know, as communicating or, or putting yourself out there and you have to work harder for it. So you're, you know, that you're going to, you're going to struggle. So why are we, why are we scared to fail? Hmm. Well, let's, let's be honest because sometimes uh, that means that we might have to face some criticism about way we, the way we handle our business. Um, and it's easier to talk tough uh, than be tough at times because that would mean that we'd have to actually show or admit a weakness. Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the biggest things as, you know, someone, you know, who obviously has, you know, been in the career world, been in the world of education, coaching, all this stuff is, you know, you hear all the time in interviews, well, what are your biggest weaknesses? What are your biggest challenges? You know, if you're going through an interview process or anything like that. And, you know, that's always kind of been, you know, I always kind of felt like that was just a, a kind of a silly question to ask because no one's really going to be honest with you to my, in my thought process, they won't be because, you know, no one's going to want to make themselves look really bad. They're going to, they're going to sugarcoat their way around that, that question, in my opinion. Well, because uh, it's, it's hard to admit that maybe you're not as good at something uh, or you're not as good as someone um, when you, when you're lined up side to side. Cause you want that job and- ultimately. I mean, so or yeah. you want that opportunity. It may not necessarily be a job, but you want that opportunity. So you're not going to put yourself in a disadvantage of, of, you know, disqualifying yourself. So. Well, let, let's be real simple. What do we know as coaches and people that have been in business? What do we know works? Hard, hard so, work. Absolutely. Hard work works. I mean, and, and that is, to me, the biggest uh, simplicity, uh, but yet most difficult thing for people to get their arms around. Because when we, when we start to make excuses as to why we can't show up on time or we got to be somewhere else or we can't do something that, you know, someone says we should do because of this and that, uh, we're making it more complex. And then it, it just gives us a built-in excuse as to why we're not going to get where we necessarily wanted to because we weren't necessarily willing to do the work. And that gets into the second point of, you know, what it takes to be an uncommon athlete or an employee is to understand what behavior is needed to get what they want. You know, cause really what, what we're talking about is we're, we're talking about how to help people get the things that they want. And how to how to be more successful in life, and then how to have the best experience possible. You know, so if you can understand those behaviors and, and distinguish what want is and what work is, you know, then you've got to get to the next piece, which is discipline. Right. One of the things that I I kind of when you were talking about, you know, understanding the behavior and there's no substitute for hard work. I think of the movie Tin Cup. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Tin Cup with Kevin Costner. Uh, during at some point during the film, 
he, as a golfer, he is struggling with his shot and it's in it, you know, they feel like he, he's got the, you know, the, he's got a little hiccup, a little giddy up in his swing. So um, he, you know, goes out and buys all these contraptions that he, you know, straps up to his body. That's supposed to you know, be able to tell if his, his backswing is in the right alignment and his follow through is where it needs to be. And why, why is he hooking or slicing his shots and stuff like that? And ultimately it's, it's all in his head. But, you know, I go back to when you want to improve self-improvement, whether it be getting faster, getting stronger, you know, becoming better at your craft, there is no magic pill you can swallow, right? It's just ultimately it comes down to are you willing to put in the work, the effort, the time, the dedication to become better at your craft? Yeah. Do what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it and the way it's supposed to be done. Exactly. Yep. And, and, and that's, that, that gives you two pains that uh, we've all heard about. And those are <laughs> the pain of discipline, doing the work. Really, pain is a hard word. But, or the pain of what? Right. Regret. And the only person that really knows that second piece, the pain of regret, is the guy that's looking back or the girl that's looking back at you in the mirror. A hundred percent. There's no, there's no way to quantify that. If, if, if I'm your coach, what you're going to regret, because that regret may not set in until what, 10 years down the road, 15 down, down, 15 years down the road, whatever it may be. There's no way for me as a, as a coach to quantify that. That's what it always gets kind of frustrating because, you know, I think that, you know, sometimes people say like, well, the only way you can judge effort is by that person. I don't necessarily agree with that. I think as a coach, you can tell when someone is giving you their best effort. I 100% agree with you. Uh, as a teacher and a coach, I, I, I can tell right now. In fact, when I'm teaching, uh, I always start the year with my eighth graders telling, telling them, I can tell how the year is going to go from the first 30 seconds of our warm-up jog. <laughs> I, I can I can agree with and, that, and they don't. They're like, "What?" You know, uh, I can tell right away if you're if you're going to be committed to doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it the right way uh, every time, from the first thirty seconds of our time when we start working together, and and the same is absolutely true of of athletes of guys that I've coached. I know right now who's going to be a guy that I can lean on. Because they're the first one in, they're the last one out. I tell them once what the expectations are, and they execute it. That doesn't mean they're always successful, but they're the guys that are always cheering on their teammates, no matter their role. And they're always learning, right? And they're always choosing to do things the right way because they know that that's the best way for them to be successful. I, I think one of the things that you're, you're talking about there is just paying attention to detail. You know, yep. with how uh, things are, the expectations that are in your program or in your, your in your company, and I think that one of the things that I always fall back on is if I give an expectation, whether it be you know what um, you know shirt you're supposed to wear to to workouts, you know, wear wear a Clark yes. shirt or wear. Uh, you know, uh, uh, a Marion shirt. 
I think that is an expectation. And if people don't buy into that, then you know that you're going to, it's like an uphill battle. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, I think uh, one of the things that you've talked about in your program is what socks people wear, right? And Mm. one of the things in different programs I've been a part of is make sure your cleats or your athletic shoes are, are school colors or white or black. But then you always have someone that shows up with neon orange, blue, whatever (laughs) cleats. And you're like, this, you know, does not fall in line with, you know, what we've talked about as an expectation. So when when people show that they Mm -hmm. don't care enough to follow those expectations, to me, that is always kind of a a red flag. Like, okay, we're going to be we're going to fight an uphill battle here. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, that, again, comes down to comfortable being comfortable and wanting something that doesn't necessarily correlate to the standard. And then it becomes more about them than it does the team. And because if you're uncommon as an athlete, you're going to understand that your, your role, no matter what it is, is the most important thing you can do at any You're also going to understand that the team is priority over the individual. Hmm. And by not doing those things that we kind of talked about, whether it be, and, and someone may seem like, oh, that's so silly that you're going to talk about, you know, someone's shirt that they're wearing to a workout or what the color of their shoes are or what socks that they wear. But it's an expectation. And when you when you don't follow an expectation, yeah. that really is enlightening to others around you um, just how much you care. Yeah, because, yeah. Is it about you or is it about us? And, and like one of the covenants you have in your program is we before yes. me. Yeah. And that, and that's an uncommon thought process, but it's very simple. It's very uncommon, very uncommon though, but in the so- sense of, you know, in a very war, a society that is very, you know, you don't have to work to get anything, you know, it's just immediate gratification, whether it be through social media or through different avenues it's that's not the way that we're training members of our society to think right now in regard. And that's a, you know, I don't want to get too deep here, but that is, I think that is a problem in our society because that is, and I think it goes into the club mentality with a lot of different sports because because the club mentality is, you know, very different than per se, what would be on a team that I was coaching. Agreed. Yeah. So it, so if, if we go back to, you know, helping athletes to understand what it means to be uncommon, gets them the things that they want, gets them the opportunity to win more and gets them the best experience possible. How do we sell them on what behavior is needed to get what they want? Well, I think you have to, you know, have – an athlete or a player that understands that with a team success, their success will follow. So they may have to put a little sacrifice in it. Maybe it's not playing the position that they want to play, or maybe 
they're not running a, an offense or defense that they necessarily are thrilled about. But they understand that if if I go along with this and put 100% of my effort and dedication into it, the team success is going to bring my success, which ultimately is going to be good for me. One of my former em- employers um, used the term co-opetition. Uh, I always liked that term because it talked about competing together uh, while cooperating. So we called it co-opetition. Yes, we're fighting together uh, to do certain things, but we're also, when we both win, the pie gets bigger and we both get to enjoy more. And I, I think that sort of talks about what you're speaking Absolutely. to here. I look at my experience in, in sales, you know, obviously 20 years ago per se, but uh, I, you know, I, I remember the competitions that we had amongst different salespeople and how that obviously was beneficial to the company because sales would go up, but it was also beneficial to me because I got a bigger check at the end of the day and it, we had fun doing it. It wasn't uh, something that was, you know, when we left and, and clocked out, we were, you know, hating each other or anything like that. You know, the people that my coworkers, you know, we, we yeah. enjoyed it and gave each other a, you know, a good ribbing over it and that kind of stuff. I mean, but it was, that competition, you know, it kind of goes back to the the old saying, iron sharpens iron. Yeah. I, uh, I, I used to do a, an exercise at the beginning of every season when I was coaching soccer. And I, I probably need to get back to it because I, I really enjoyed it because really what it did was set, set the tone for how they were going to get coached every year. Um, we had a, a set of 16 attributes that I got from – um, Bill Snyder at Kansas State, and it was 16. We called it the soccer, soccer 16, and there were 16 attributes on there, you know, leadership, hard work, discipline, accountability, uh, unselfishness, things like that uh, with a little definition. And um, we would read through each one of those, and each player would read, you know, and they'd just raise their hand, they would read, and then we'd talk about it, and I'd, I'd ask them to discuss it. And at the end of it, I would ask them, so reading all this, Right. Where is it that you want to go as a program? You know, it was intimate because there wasn't like 80 guys in like a football room. There was like 16 or 17 guys, maybe 18. Um, And one of their goals was always to be undefeated. Now, granted, that is there's a lot of things that have to take place for that. But we had success when I was coaching soccer, quite a bit of it. And so that was kind of a norm, you know, don't lose. And so. What I would do, going back to kind of the second point of how do we make kids uncommon, was to help them understand behavior they wanted, they needed to have to get what they wanted. I I would say, okay, so if you want to go undefeated, meaning you want to beat every team, you have to understand that I'm going to coach you hard. And they kind of nod at me. Yep, 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 I get that. And and, and I was like, I don't know if you understand what I mean by that. Uh, I'm going to hold you accountable every day to the work that you say you want to do to get the thing that you want. Um, even when you don't necessarily think that you want it because it's going to be uncomfortable. And then, uh, yeah, 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 I get it. I get it. You know, I hear you. Uh-huh. And, and sure enough, it, it was, it happened like clockwork every, Oh, halfway through the season or so we would have one of those practices. And I, I think you probably know what I'm getting at here is uh, it was, 
maybe the most difficult thing they'd ever done in their life, physically speaking, because of something that had happened in practice uh, from an accountability standpoint, an effort standpoint, a lackadaisical standpoint that I was not thrilled with. And so I was my way to push the button. And it was always really curious to me how that process evolved in that short period, how they understood when they're absolutely dog ass tired, they don't think they can move anymore, but they finish stronger together than they started. And they're the beginning is good. The middle sucks. The later part is even worse. And then they stay with it. And then they start to understand that they've got to encourage each other. They've got to work together. They've got to be enthusiastic together, no matter how freaking tired or exhausted they are. And then all of a sudden they get those endorphins that can kick in that second wind kick in. And then they start to go faster. And then they start yelling a little bit louder. Then they start to get a little bit more excited. And then they start to feel like we're starting, we're getting this, we're picking up, we're feeling this. And then by the end, it was just, you can keep going, coach, because we got this. Do whatever you want, whatever you got, we'll take. And, um, and it was inevitable. After every single one of those practices, we ended up playing the best soccer of the year. Uh, because those kids went through the fire together and understood that, all right, I, I want to get where, 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 I, where I told coach I want to get, but I wasn't sure if I really want to get there. And now I know that, yes, I do want to get there. And two, I can get there with my teammates and I can get there with enthusiasm because I know I'm a lot tougher than I initially thought mm. I was. Yeah, that's, that's really – that's a special place to be at when, as a coach – you can encourage your athletes and players to break through that mental barrier that where they, you know, don't think that they can push their body any further. And you make them realize that where their mind says that they can't, they still can. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because then they understand the why behind the work. right why are we doing this well because we've we've got to be a lot tougher than our there's, opponent. and there's going to be adversity that strikes that you're going to need to be able to absolutely plow through and, and knock it over and bust through that wall and that adversity is going to come in a lot of different fashions yeah yep in life it's uh <laughs> hey you're fired yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, oh, hey, by the way, you're stuck yeah. in your house for four you, weeks. You're on self-quarantine. Uh, you yeah. know? Yep, yep. And Or, by the way, uh, you just lost your starting job to a kid that's mm. two years younger than yeah. you. Yeah. Or you have to uh, go, go or, online um, to buy toilet paper in, you know, five states over kind of deal. You can't even get it on Amazon. <laughs> Right, right. I don't know anything about that. No. Adversity <laughs> strikes in all different fashions. Yes, it does. Oh, that's called having grit, determination, Absolutely. with direction. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so let let's 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 bring this back just a little bit, Coach. Um, we've got a lot of great things we've talked about today. Um, 
but the do's and don'ts for athletes, I think, um, are really, really important when we want to discuss how you have to be comfortable being uncomfortable and understanding that discipline is the shortcut um, because the do's speak for themselves. So what, what are some things that, do their that job. they need to do? That's a pretty simple okay. one, even though sometimes it's not simple because as a young athlete, a lot of things get in the way. So, so what about breaking that down even further? Uh, because doing your job is there's a lot of different ways you can do your job. Yeah. Agreed. Good, bad, half-assed, excellent. So what, what about do your job to the best yes. of your ability? Being more specific. Absolutely. Um, what about work hard and don't expect Great. anything in return? Outstanding. I mean, I, I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, sometimes you'll see people that, you know, only work hard when people are watching. You know, you see it all the time in conditioning. Yeah. Oh, coach is watching me this time. I'm going to sprint this time. I'm going to, I'm going to run, I'm going to run really hard on mm -hmm. when it's or last one, last you know, last one. And then all of a sudden last you got one. people yep. sprinting. Well, what's that tell you about the, the other 10 that you just got done doing where you're half assing it and dogging yeah. it. Yeah. What, what about consistent top line effort? Absolutely. You have to do, do give consistent top and, line effort. I, well, I think, and that's just not something that uh, is, quantified by yourself like we talked about earlier i'm gonna know as your coach when i've seen you do really special things out there when you're not giving me your 100 percent effort right mm -hmm. so then the next piece as a teammate uh you have to hold each toughest other toughest thing to do right now i think as a as an athlete as a as a fellow student athlete out there is holding each other accountable to the uh, to the standard. And one of the things that I've always told our kids is if you truly love someone and you care about them, you're going to hold them to that standard because I, you and I have had, yeah. you know, and some really tough conversations in the past where, you know, we've called each other out on things. Right. And that's because we love each other and we care about each other. Yeah. And, and I didn't walk away with my yeah, feelings hurt. Sure. And I don't think you did either. We we still wouldn't be you know best friends to this day if we didn't realize that, and I think that is a, a big issue. And I don't know if it's necessarily like a you know a Marion issue or you know Des Moines issue or any anywhere else issue. It's it's an issue amongst you know young young teenagers across America just being able to hold each other accountable. And those places that do you they're consistently winning. Well, let's, let's break it down real simple. Give an example of that. I'm going to give an example that you and I have used with each other countless times. One of the covenants has always been be unshakable. And so how many times have I sent you a text complaining about something or this side or the other, <laughs> and you send me one back hashtag be unshakable. And that's all you send. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> uh, so I yeah. send a LOL emoji. <laughs> Knowing that yeah, you're right, abs absolutely right, or 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 back, same thing back at you, 
you know, you're, you know, I don't know if, you know, whatever it is, you're right. complaining about something because we're human. And I send the same thing, same thing back to you. And you're like, yeah. Well, and that goes back yeah, to, yeah, I got it. Can, I think can it, it be that simple? You know, look, I think it can. E plus R equals O, right? What's the only thing that we control? The R factor. Yeah. The R factor. In, yeah, in it's it. our response. And yes. Yeah, I think that when, when we've had those moments when we're texting or having a conversation about something that's really frustrating, one of the things that we always say to each other is control the controllables, right? And and we can't control those things. Yeah. So, but we can control our reaction to those things. Yeah. So then let's look at like, so we've done a good job kind of talking about what an athlete needs to do or an employee needs to do. What about what they shouldn't do or what they don't do, you know, to, to get the best life that they want to lead, to win more and to be. Don't project their failures possible. onto others. Like why, why they failed. Okay. You know, mm. don't say, oh, it was my. Yeah. Yeah. Don't blame. So that's blaming. Don't blame so the coaches blame. or your parents or your, or the officials or whoever it may be. Take responsibility. Own it. I like that. What about don't yeah, complain? That goes right along with, you know, blaming, I think. I mean, don't don't try to, you know, I think, you know, uh, Brian and Tim Kite do a great job of talking about BCD. Don't blame, complain, complain or defend y- your yes. your yes. actions. You know, just go out there, own your responsibility, own your uh, role in things and, and try to get better at it. And uh, I, I think that also gets to what you and I were just talking about in terms of accountability. Don't avoid hard conversations. That's why you're in the position that you're at in, in a role of leadership, right? Leaders don't avoid harsh or tough conversations. Now it doesn't mean that you relish in them or, or you, you know, take joy in them. You know, and I think Rich Apple did a really good job of talking about this in our last episode. Uh, those difficult conversations aren't something that, you know, he necessarily loves to have, but he doesn't shy away from him because that's his role as a leader. Yeah. Yeah, because ultimately he knows that, and we all know that when you have that difficult conversation, you're going to be better because of it. And the hope Absolutely. is that the other person is too. If if they can focus on the temporary. A hundred percent. I think that is, you're, those difficult conversations Usually, I mean, you go into them with the outcome, okay, well, hopefully this is a learning experience for so-and-so, or they're going to find a way to get better on it. It's never, a, at least in my experience, it's never a thing of, you know, where you're trying to be uh, malicious with your intent and having that conversation. Because at the end of the day, when you talk about love, love, love is accountability and love is difficult. And if you love the person, you want the best for them. And when you, when you challenge them to do something different than the way that they're doing it, because it's not working, that's really the true sign of, and I, I got your back. And Absolutely agree with you on that. I mean, because if you truly love someone and care about them and want them to succeed, want them to have a fulfilled life, you're going to, you're going to tell them when they're messing up or when they, when they're not falling in line yeah. with uh, expectations. That's, that's phenomenal. So, 
so let's wrap this thing up here. Let's 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 get back to kind of how we started. We really talked about coach was what it means to be uncommon as an athlete, as a player, because there are three different things we're going to talk about in the next couple of days, being an uncommon athlete or an employee, being an uncommon parent or support person, being an uncommon coach, boss or manager. So we, we covered being an uncommon athlete today. And what the purpose behind that is because we want people to understand that if they f- listen to what we're talking about, they're going to get the things that they want in their life. They're going to win more. They're going to be more successful and they're going to make the experience of their life as best as possible. And so as, as an, as an athlete, they've got to understand what it means to want something and then what it means to actually work for something. And when they understand what they want and their work matches it, they've got to have behavior to match that want. And when they understand that that behavior is as simple as uh, simplifying the discipline piece, the daily work, the process through grit, they're going to get those three things, what they want, winning more and their best experience in their life as possible. Absolutely. I think one of the things that I just want to hammer home to the people that are listening and if you can take one thing out of the, uh, this conversation that we've had tonight is when you try to make a shortcut or try to take a shortcut, you've just created more work for you. It's, it's not you, you can't substitute the hard work for success. I mean, you can't, you can't substitute a shortcut for hard work is what I, I'm trying to say there. And if you, you know, like, you know, if people want to get all inventive on how how they can get stronger, you know, they're trying to create a new lift that's going to just be the miracle solution to it. No, you, you just you got to bench more. You got to clean more. You got to squat more. You got to work harder at it. OK, there's not no there's not a new lift out there that's going to all of a sudden make you <laughs> uh, 10 times stronger than your opponent. If you want to get faster, guess what? Mm. Just run. OK, sprint. It's it's as simple as that. Okay, you can work on some techniques and stuff like that, but you know, and I'm not trying to be flippant in my answer, but ultimately, you can't substitute shortcuts for hard work that will equal your success. Yeah, amen, amen. Well, this was good, Coach. This was a really good good session. We've got about forty minutes in so far on this one. Uh, so we're right on, right on point. Um, tomorrow night, let's just recap. We're Absolutely. Talk about what and what does love look like? Parent, right. You know, how can you show your, your encouragement to, you know, people that, uh, you're supporting and, uh, you know, and I think of the biggest one that, uh, you know, we've experienced is, uh, support despite the circumstance that you're in. So, um, you know, I look forward to having those conversations, mm. Uh, you know, in the next couple of days here, you know, and, and what it takes to be uncommon as a, a parent or support person and what it takes uh, to be uncommon as a, a coach or a boss or employer. Well, to everyone that's tuning in tonight, uh, we hope that your situation is one that is safe and healthy. We hope that you're surrounded by those that you love. We are uh, doing something that we love, and that's just talking about 
life and leadership and pursuing greatness. We are honored that you spent time with us tonight. Uh, we love spending time together uh, just talking about how to get better as people. So if you have something that you want to talk about, send us an email, send us a text, uh, give us a review, write, rate and subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcast. And until tomorrow, let's try to live the best life that we can through life, leadership, and pursuing greatness.